Welcome to the Rise Resolute Podcast. I'm your host, Gina Meyer, a doctor of physical therapy committed to helping people live healthfully, joyfully, and push past even their own expectations for their life. Friends, here we are still in quarantine and still searching for inspiration and positivity during this very difficult time. So it is my pleasure to continue bringing you interviews with amazing women who I hope will inspire you uh, to be positive in your own life and make it through each day. Um, I'm so excited to share this next interview with you with the great Steph Bruce, who is a professional runner and has some wonderful insight on how to navigate difficult times, especially this one. So I invite you to open up your heart to be inspired today. And here's the interview. Hi, Steph. How are you? Good. How are you, Tina? Good. Thank you so much for taking some time to chat with me today. I know that we, this world right now, needs as much uh, positivity as we possibly can put out there. So I really appreciate you taking a moment to do that. Um, I look forward to chatting with you. So yeah, would you start off, Steph, for us, just giving us a little intro on who you are and what you do? Sure. So I'm a professional long-distance runner, and I'm a mom of two boys, Riley and Hudson, uh, I'm a business owner of the energy bar company, Picky Bars. I train and live in Flagstaff, Arizona, um, and I run for Hoka One One Northern Arizona Elite. That's our professional running group out here. Um, I also have a coaching business and pretty much dabble in as many things as I can. Awesome. <laughs> um, I love it. But, but all in the pursuit of you know running professionally and, and trying to get to the top of my sport with a lot of big goals. I love it. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that I love to do on the podcast is sort of tap into that athlete mindset and how we can use the things that we, um, the skills that we have as athletes mentally and apply that to everyday life, um, be it an athlete or not. So let's get into it today a little bit. Um, I think let's start by, and just before we get into talking about the health crisis that we're all in and the way that we're all navigating through, um, why don't you build us up a little bit and sort of tell us about your journey up to this point and some of the struggles that you've faced in the past, Steph? Sure. I mean, how far back do you want me to go? <laughs> the ones that stand out that you feel like would be um, the most helpful for others to kind of hear about and help them in their own journey and struggles. Yeah. I mean, I like to think a lot of what I've experienced in life is is kind of all relative struggle, meaning there are far greater struggles that people have gone through. Um, but I think the things that I've experienced is probably what has shaped my mindset and my outlook on things. And so, you know, a big part of that was losing my dad to cancer when I was 18. Um, and I happened to be on a run when he passed away and I was supposed to be going to visit him. But yeah, he died while I was on that run. Um, and that kind of just changed my perspective as an 18 year old. And I felt like I could have gone down one path, but I chose this one. And um, unfortunately, one of my brothers went down this path while I went down the other, um, and he got very deep into drugs. And, you know, there was a period of time where we felt like we almost lost him. Um, but yeah, running kind of just became almost like a savior for me back then. And it became, it became something that I was able to like devote my attention and my passion, my energy to. And then it's just very cool to see whatever that was 18 years ago, how running has been like introducing my husband, um, become my job while it's my passion. It's something that I can show to my boys. Um, it's a way to like connect communities that, um, would never have been connected. Otherwise it's a way to transcend kind of 
a lot of experience that we go through just through running. Um, and there's a lot of different reasons we all run. And I think that's what's so great. Um, it can still be like a connector of human spirit uh, for whatever the motivation is that, that you get out the door and run. Absolutely. I love that, a connector of human spirit. And I definitely find that when I'm out there running also, especially during this time when we can't physically connect with one another. I feel like we can connect in our in our joy and our love for running. Um, and I lost my mom when um, I was a little older than you, but I was still young. And I can really relate to that. And you are so right. When we're faced with tragedy, we can, we can choose to give up um, or we can choose to, um, and not that, you know, not that people give up, but we can choose to really move forward with a newfound zeal for life. And, um, you know, it, it is always a conscious choice. So, um, yeah, I like that you bring that up. Um, I'm sure with all the running and, um, you know, the races that you had scheduled that this health crisis has hit hard in some ways. Um, what did you have planned? What was on the books for you, Steph, before all of this sort of took hold? Yeah, so I finished the um, Olympic marathon trials. I believe that was, gosh, I don't even know how time is going, almost eight weeks ago now. Uh, that was February 29th in Atlanta. Um, and I was sixth place there. So um, did not make the Olympic team as top three make it. And then after I kind of um, took a little downtime, took a nice vacation and break, we were kind of going to gear up for the track. And originally the U.S. track and field um, Olympic trials were going to go on this summer. And that was choosing the uh, the team for Tokyo on the track. So I was going to run the 10,000 meter um, and kind of go for that. But yeah, everything happened very quickly um, in, in those weeks following um, the trials. And so really we had plans, but I think one thing that I've tried to do in my life is just adapt because sometimes, uh, what is it? Life happens when you're busy making other plans. And so th there's just like a lot of unknown. Um, we had had some races in the fall planned up, you know, we always kind of plan our years very far in advance and we almost build backwards from there. So I think we just had to take a step back and coach Ben has had to just look at what a training cycle is useful for right now. And it's kind of setting me up for the future for when races do resume. And that's what's keeping me like motivated, knowing like the work that I'm doing right now is going to benefit me later, even though I don't have a finish line in sight, or I don't have a race on the schedule. Um, I think this is really just showing why we are motivated to run and why we are motivated to like keep pushing on the days where, you know, maybe there's no one out there yelling at you. There's no, like I said, there's no finish line medal. Um, it's kind of just comes down to like how bad we want it. So it, it's a good test right now. And if you're have the ability to be healthy enough and can run outside, that's something that I'm just like soaking in and really enjoying right now that I have the help to do it. I love that. Yeah. And I think you're so right. And I think that this translates to life too. The work that we put in now, um, you know, is going to benefit us later when we come through all of this. And I mean, that's really powerful. You gave a really great reflection a few days ago um, on your feed and you were kind of talking about, is it all worth it? And I know that we all go through these emotions, you know, and we ask ourselves on a daily basis sometimes, you know, is all of this worth it? The things that we're doing that are so different and out of the norm. And, um, and then I love the conclusion you came to when you say, um, yes, and just keep pressing. Um, do you want to speak a little more to that and your reflection there? Yeah, I actually wrote that blog on the drive back from that long run. Like my, Ben was driving and the kids were in the back and we had just driven, he had driven 26 miles out while I ran 20 miles um, out to this like beautiful 
um, view area, vantage point where we had never actually seen. And I've lived in Flagstaff for 10 years. And I think just like finishing that run and like being able to enjoy being with my family after the run, um, it got me thinking like, yeah, sometimes I have to wonder like why I'm doing what I'm doing and am I missing the time away from my boys when I'm training? What does it really mean? You know, all the ventures that I'm trying to like immerse myself into, um, is that worth time away from my kids sometimes? And it, it is worth it because like I said, worthy is only something that you believe it to be. And for me, like striving to do the things that I want as a mom and a, a woman is really important to me. And I think I can teach and show my kids that going after things that you're passionate about and trying to make a difference in other people's lives, then like that, whatever that causes is worthy. And sometimes it seems so selfish because it's just me training really hard um, to try to see how fast I can run and how many people I can be in a race or how high I can finish. But I think there's so much like more meaning in that quest for like personal self excellence. And I, I just remind myself that in the times where I'm like feeling guilty being away from my kids. And um, yeah, I'm realizing they're seeing what I'm doing and pursuing my passion. And, and that's worth it to me. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think this is a good message to put out to everyone right now. You know, it's okay for us to take care of ourselves and to continue pursuing some of our goals. And it might be harder than it is during normal life to, you know, if you have kids at home to, to, to get time to, to pursue our own individual goals. But it is the, the pursuit of that excellence and the things that we're called to do. We have to continue, um, you know, devoting time to that. So I really, I appreciate that. And I can also relate to the end of not a 20 mile run, but, but a long run and just that feeling of gratitude that just washes over you. Um, you know, when you've completed a run and your body is able to do it and your legs are carrying you, um, and you're out there and in nature and it's just, it's pretty beautiful. Um, yeah, so thanks for sharing that with us. Um, along the way, Steph, share with us, are there people who have been instrumental in your own life in terms of helping you survive some of the struggles you've been through, whether it's now during this health crisis or back when your father passed or any other struggle along the way? Are there people that have helped you? Or is there anything that someone has said to you along the way that you've found to be super powerful? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people. Um, I would go back to my mom. You know, my mom helped raise myself and my three older brothers and while we were dealing with, um, you know, my dad being sick, my dad had remarried. So, um, my stepmom was hugely influential, but my mom was like kind of trying to, you know, do all she could being a single mom back at home. And then when my father passed away, um, then my mom got a bout of cancer. So she was having her own like health issues and struggles. Um, and so she's always kind of had that attitude of like dream big, go after your goals. And I think she really used to tell me like, Stephanie, you, you have a lot more in you than you're letting on. And for someone who she didn't run cross country in high school and she doesn't run now, I would always joke and be like, mom, I swear, like I'm running as hard as I can. You know, I'm finishing a cross country race in Phoenix, Arizona, and I'm like dry heaving because it's so hot out there. She's like, you got a little more in you, you know? <laughs> so I'm like, thanks, mom. Um, so I think like her attitude really rubbed off on me a little bit. And then obviously when my father passed away, I did took a a hard look at myself. And I'm like, am I trying hard enough? Am I really like giving everything I can on this run or in this race? Um, and so, yeah, just my mom's like, uh, sometimes, um, I don't know if annoying is the right word, but she's so optimistic about things, you know, much to the chagrin of things that she does that like, she really believes everything happens for a reason. And sometimes I argue a little bit with her, but 
I think that outlook has really rubbed off on me. And then of course, like meeting my husband, Ben, um, and his influence on me. And I think being able to be in a marriage where we share so many of the household duties and like, he truly is a man that when he talks about like supporting women, like he doesn't just talk about it. He does it. Um, he's not big with his words and a lot of things, but he expresses it so well and he takes care of me and he supports all of my ideas. Like he is, full-time stay-at-home dad when I'm out training. He's also assistant coach of our um, professional running group, Poca Northern Arizona Elite. Um, he coaches athletes online. And so he's just someone that, like, he hears what I want to do as a woman, and he he doesn't just, like, dismiss that. He really, like, is behind it 110%. So I couldn't do a lot of the things I do without him and out his, without his support. Um, so he's been, like, a soundboard, I think, throughout my life. And then the last person is my high school coach, Dave Ansigle, um, because I really thank him for, I guess, shaping the attitude that I have about running, about body image as a woman or as a young girl, um, just about self-confidence and about like my outlook on where I want to go with running and where it can take me. Um, I owe so much of that to him and my 14 to 18 year old, such pivotal years um, that I really like I'm thankful to him. I love that. Um, you know, I, I want to talk a little bit about what you just said with body image and that coach. And then I want to go back to your husband because I got a chill when you started talking about him. But but there's another, um, you know, reflection that you made on, on progress. And um, I think the photo was a photo of your stomach. And we all know I have four children. Um, you know, our bodies change when we have children. And the note that you, the reflection you made was that progress isn't always seeing it. It's, it's feeling it. And I imagine when I hear you talk about that coach that perhaps at that time he was instilling those values in you um but speak to speak to the um listeners a little bit more about about that and about um body image and progress and you know how we measure our own progress yeah I mean I think when I had my first child you know besides being a woman coming back from pregnancy I was also a elite athlete who was trying to get back to the top of the sport and there weren't like I don't know if role models is the right word, but there weren't a lot of women in my position that had gone through it before me. I mean, one of my good friends and co-founder of Piggy Bars, Lauren Fleshman, had had um, her first son, and she was kind of coming back to the sport, but you could say she almost had like her best years before, and she had accomplished so much before she got pregnant and never really quite made you know as much of a return back to the sport in probably the most competitive sense um you know Kara Goucher had had a child um trying to think who else before me there just weren't a lot that I really like knew about and so I felt like I was navigating very much of it on my own trying to figure out how much is too much to run how many like what postpartum exercises I could do and so I followed like the simple guidelines of waiting like seven to eight weeks postpartum before I was going to run I waited till I like stopped bleeding postpartum um, and then I went out for a run and for someone who had run 90 miles a week a lot of her career I made it three minutes and I pretty much felt like my uterus was going to fall out. I just about like crap my pants and there was three minutes and I'm like, this is so demoralizing. Like, is this what postpartum life and running is like? And nobody talked about it. 
And so for some reason, I just felt like maybe had the platform to talk about it. And I just started sharing like my postpartum journey um, as a professional athlete and what it looked like. And it wasn't all rosy and there was a lot of messy parts about it. Um, And I think the more I did that, the more women, I guess, resonated with it. And the more that they were like, yes, like nobody talks about this. Um, And so it made me have so many questions and I wanted to dive in. And I got so many messages and responses from women over the years of like, just those first couple weeks postpartum and then the months postpartum and then seeing their bodies transformed and then how that has an effect like on the relationship. So then it becomes another issue of like, they're not comfortable now with their husbands because they have a new body, you know, and they're so, it just trickles down in so many ways that I don't think we acknowledge that. Um, And there were parts where I'm like, yeah, I'm still self-conscious. Like I used to love having my shirt off or wearing a sports bra. And then I realized like, what am I self-conscious about? Are people going to make fun of me or are people going to point and say like, why is she wearing that? But the only opinion of your body that should matter is yours. So that's kind of the message I just tried to share with women, no matter what your size is, um, no matter what your body looks like postpartum, um, you have to start caring about it yourself. And that's the only way I think you're going to build that self-confidence. Yeah, this is beautiful. And you're right. It's something that we need to talk about more. And um, I'm a physical therapist. I'm not sure if you know that, but I do see a lot of, um, you know, patients who are trying to return to running after having babies and and I think that within us we want to push really hard um, and sometimes we just have to give ourselves grace and you're right it can feel like your uterus is going to fall out if you start too soon and so just giving ourselves grace having the conversation connecting with each other and knowing that you know yeah it, it's, it might take a little longer than we thought or it might look different than we thought but it can be done and look at you I mean you're an amazing example of what can be done postpartum and um, just that positivity out there for women as they you know sort of deal with their changing body and these bodies are beautiful yes they're different they're different but they're but they're still so beautiful um and strong um and yeah I just love all of that so thank you for sharing that I said I wanted to go back and talk about your husband for a minute and then we'll move towards wrapping up but I loved what you were saying about your husband and this is Oh, just something I'm so passionate about and I hope to pass down to my three boys. I have three boys and a girl. And that's that you have to be an equal partner and you have to liberate women to to pursue, you know, the things in life that they're called to do. And to do that, you have to, you know, be willing to, to kind of hold up your end of the bargain. So I love to hear that he is that person. And um, you have two boys as well, right? And so what do you are I probably just leading by example, is there anything in particular that you're doing to help those boys kind of build up that same kind of persona that your husband has? I mean, I don't know if um, I'm building stuff yet. I feel like I'm still like just surviving, you know, (laughs) in a house of three boys and trying to like navigate that. Um, So we make a lot of jokes of like the mom is boy trapped because it's just me and them. But um, no, I mean, I think they see a lot of what their father is like. And I think they're getting the example from him because he's always talking about like we form this kind of hashtag or coin the name Team Bruce um, before the Olympic trials because those couple months where I was trying to like be 100% dialed in Ben knew that that meant like he was doing work on me Um, the boys were going to bed on time we were all taking our naps like sacred hour in the Bruce house is like one to two everybody naps Um, and so we would always say team Bruce when we wanted everyone to be on board Um, and he kind of like really like set the tone for that and had the boys follow along and I think it's cool because then the boys like really understood what 
I was trying to achieve. And, you know, when I got sixth place, they were like, mom, you didn't make it. Like they understood that top three was trying to make the Olympic team and they weren't disappointed. They were still proud of me, but they could understand like how hard I was trying to achieve and do something. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I just think it's not me setting the tone. It's, it's Ben setting the tone and showing like what a good role model he is. And he's very big on that. Like he always has talked about in our relationship. He doesn't like to do the talking. He likes to do the showing. Um, and he shows me like every day of the year, what it means to be a good husband and a good father. I love that. Yeah. And you know what? I think that you are, you're, you are setting the example too, because this is what I would put out there for other women who have sons who, um, um, you know, are thinking about pursuing their dreams or they're feeling like they, you know, they maybe they shouldn't or it's, you know, it's not worth it or is it okay to do these things. But when you're out there pursuing your dreams, you're showing your boys that this is okay for a woman to do, for a woman to do and that this is important work. And I hope that seeing this, seeing that is setting an example that then your your boys are going to go out and, and expect the same from whoever they're with for their lifetime. Um, I just think it's a great example to set as a mother as well. And so I would put that encouragement out there for for other women to set that example for your for your sons um to go and and chase after your dreams and you know be be the 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 best you um that you can be Mm -hmm. so um awesome um let's let's wrap up a little bit I was wondering if you have any strategies or words of encouragement you might want to put out there for other runners during this time or just women in general who are trying to navigate this health crisis um if you'd want to put anything out there to help them through Yeah, I mean, I've just been trying to, and again, I think this is from experiences in my life, like either gifts that I've been given, or I call them second chances, um, that I've had people help me out. I'm just trying to find like small ways that I can help out. And we've done a little bit through my company, Picky Bars. Um, I've done a little bit of like private donations, trying to do like fun challenges through running, because sometimes it can feel so overwhelming that like, how can we make a difference? And how can we like help? And then you almost you get stuck and you don't do anything because you don't know if like, but $1 could help someone wherever that may go. Um, And so trying to like go through different efforts and figure out we're in a good position that we can help. Um, And I was at a place 10 years ago in my career where, you know, I couldn't help. So now it just feels like I'm trying to find ways to give back, starting with my own community, the running community. Um, And I guess like one of my taglines and things that I kind of, I guess, preach or talk about is I love the, the mantra, keep moving forward. Um, cause I love a lot of the Rocky movies. I'm a Rocky movie aficionado. Yes. And one of the speeches, one of the speeches that he gives to his son, um, he ends with just keep moving forward. And I think we can use that in like so many different places in our life. Um, and that helps me when I'm out on the roads racing, it helps me when I feel like, uh, the kids are overwhelming at home or when it feels like there are things that I'm seeing and witnessing out in the world like that are so tragic and so heavy. Um, keep moving forward is just something that I think like I personally can do and my family can do. Um, and hopefully everyone can adopt some sort of you know, mentality, like all the people on the front lines, the healthcare workers right now. I can't imagine what they're dealing with and what they're seeing. So it's just, it's small insignificant ways because I know I can't make a huge difference. Um, so I'm just trying to like be true to the things that I can do in my own life. That's right. Yeah, I love that. 
that and keep moving forward. I mean, that's such great advice um, for so many of us during this time. Um, so I appreciate those words of encouragement and I hope that they're following on people at the time they need to hear them. Um, as we close out, I want to do just a quick little rapid fire. And um, this is just totally aimed at putting some positivity out there and inspiration. Um, so are you ready? Here we go. I just have a few things. Yeah. Um, uh, Steph, what's your favorite song for added inspiration? Gosh, that is tough. I hate favorite music choices. Um, I mean, probably like in the last year, I love anything Lizzo, uh, Truth Hurts. Um, uh, I love Dua Lupa. She gets me going. Um, I don't know. Anything probably like uh, just like strong woman power songs, like really get me fired up. Um, anything I feel like I could like lift weights to or do a routine to um, because I don't listen to music when I'm running. I like it more either from cross training or like lifting. Yeah. So yeah, something I can jam out to. And then Sam Smith. I love Sam oh, Smith. Oh, I love Sam Smith too. Huh. Okay. Um, simple things that bring you joy. Just name a few. What comes to mind? Uh, Riley. Yep. Riley Hudson and uh, my husband, Ben. And a good glass of wine. Um, Love it. A good burger, fries, and uh, my company, Piggy Bars. And coffee. Love it. Um, okay, finish the sentence here. Um, don't forget to blank. Say I love you at the end of the day. I love it. Perfect. Last one. Okay, and this is going out to everyone who's watching right now and who will listen to this podcast episode later. You can blank. Hmm. That's a good one. Move forward. Okay. You can move forward. Um, and I believe that everyone out there who's watching this right now and all, all the people who will hear this later, we believe that you can move forward. We believe that you can get through this time strong. And, um, and I also believe that Connected, we can do it even better. So um, I thank you so much for being on, Steph. Um, the episode will also be um, available on Rise Resolute Podcast. Anywhere you get your podcast, go to Rise Resolute, search Rise Resolute, and you can listen later. Um, but thank you again so much, and we wish you all the best. Stay safe, and um, yeah, lots of positive vibes. Of course. Thanks, Gina. It was good chatting with yeah, you. Yeah, this was awesome. Thanks again. All right. Okay. Bye. Bye. Another big thank you to Steph for coming on and spreading some positivity and light and just reminding all of you, um, like Steph shared in her episode, to keep moving forward. And a super awesome quote, also from Rocky, which is one of Steph's favorites as she shared on this episode, it doesn't matter how this looks to other people. If there's something that you've got to do, then do it. Fighters fight. Keep fighting. And connected, we can rise.